0: Well, after what feels like the longest break without Predators hockey in the middle of a season uh, in my lifetime, uh, tonight, Bridgestone Arena will once again be full of Predators fans. Predators, Maple Leafs tonight in Bridgestone Arena. The All-Star break is over. The bye week is over. The John Hines era continues. We're going to discuss it all and break it down here on episode number seven of the Smash Cast. It is a big couple weeks. And yes, I've said that on seemingly every podcast that we've done here, Uh, but it's also always been true uh, because at some point, this team is going to decide, are we buyers or are we sellers? I'm going to ask Mark Howard, where is the tipping point? When does David Poyle decide, all right, this season is a wash. Let's go ahead and sell a a couple of forwards, and he's got three uh, that he's going to mention here today on the Smashcast. Uh, But I also want to know kind of the process How much can a team adjust? How much can a team change in the middle of a season with a new head coach? Or is John Hines simply buying his time and waiting for an offseason to then go ahead and make some changes and implement his system? Uh, It's interesting what Mark's got here. Uh, There are a couple specific things that the Predators are doing defensively, especially, uh, that are already a lot different. I'll be interested to see here on a Monday night just how different these Predators look against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's our seventh episode of the Smashcast, the first post-All-Star break episode, and it starts now. In-depth coverage of the Nashville Predators in a 104.5 The Zone digital exclusive. This is the Smashcast with Will Bowling and Mark Howard. My week is over. All-Star break is over. It is finally time, Mark Howard, to talk about Nashville Predators hockey again uh, after what has seemed like a month. it's really ha- hasn't been that long, but uh, Predators and Maple Leafs tonight in Bridgestone Arena, um, and of course, if you're new to the show, Mark Howard with me for the Wake Up Zone. I'm Will Bowling, digital producer here uh, at 104.5 The Zone. Um, it's an important couple weeks. We've been saying this, uh, I-, I think, for the past two months. Um, that at some point David Poyle and the Predators were going to have to decide, are we buyers, are we sellers at the trade deadline? Um, but it's not every day that this Predators team, with the success they've had recently, has been in last place in the Central Division heading into the second half of the season. The pressure is on, uh, and of course that starts tonight in Bridgestone Arena against the Toronto Maple Leafs.
1: Well, well the, the Preds would say they're in last place conditionally because they have four games in hand on just about everybody. And that really is their saving grace. Uh, they're on a pace right now for 82 points, which will not make the playoffs. They need to get to at least 90, maybe as much as 94. And depending on what you're looking at, the Athletic has them with a 48% chance, I think, of making the playoffs. Uh, you know, Other outlets have it up uh, in the, in the mid-60s. But I, I, you know, I've watched this team though, and right now, uh, sixty sixty four percent to make the playoffs. That's
0: optimistic. Uh, that's a
1: little optimistic. <laughs> yeah. uh, they've got they've got fourteen games to the all uh, to the trade deadline rather. Uh, but I think uh, I think David makes his decision after the next ten, uh, and if they're still treading water, if they're still I'm going to say six or eight points out of it. I, I I think David pulls the trigger. I think the other thing in his favor right now is that there could be a really shallow pool of talent uh, available at the trade deadline, and this is where you get you usually if you play your cards right, you get incredible value. You've got teams you don't want to say they're desperate, but they're anxious to add something, and the Preds, in my opinion, have three really good forwards. Uh, that they can offer or, or three forwards that will be enticing to a team and maybe one defenseman in Dan Hamus. And I'm talking about Mikael Grantland, you know, who just over a year ago was a 70-point player uh, with the Minnesota Wild. You've got Craig Smith, who's a proven 20, 25-goal scorer. Uh, and you've also got Nick Benino, who's a, a terrific third-line, fourth-line center. Uh, who's on pace to score over twenty? I mean, he's been really the best forward the Preds have had this year, arguably, uh, and I think David feels like he can get a lot for these guys. You know, reload the team
0: and 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 move forward after that. I think the the break, the the bye week, and the All Star break kind of combined uh, comes at a really good time uh, for Nashville Predators team, um, but. I guess kind of the process question that I have for you, specifically with this team and with this new coaching staff, how much time over the past week and a half have they been breaking down film, practicing on the ice, learning John Hines' new system? I guess how much in this last couple weeks has been new implementation, installing a new system, and how much of it has been rest and kind of gearing up uh, for the second half of the season. Well,
1: per the CBA, uh, during the bye week, I think uh, the practice time is limited or nothing. Uh, They had a workout yesterday uh, at the new facility in Bellevue. I think they've already, you know, started to embrace what John Hines uh, wants, and they've been much better in their defensive end. Uh, They switched from a man-to-man to to a zone concept uh, in their defensive end. And it's yielded better results. They've gotten more consistent goaltending. The other the other thing about the Preds that convinces David Poyle not to give up is that their even strength metrics are really good. Uh it's their it's their special teams, their power play and their penalty kill have been terrible. And that's uh John Hines Bailiwick. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I think they hired him. Uh, so if they can improve in those areas, even Incrementally, incrementally, uh, the, the team is going to be better. And, again, this is a team, I mean, I could see them getting hot. I could see, you know, they've proven they can beat anybody. They can also lose to anybody. Uh, and it's, you know, kind of interesting because after this game, they go on the road to play Washington, who is a really good team, and New Jersey, who's not uh but that's you know that that's sort of the way the, the the schedule works out they've got 7 of the next 10 games on the road uh and this is a team that frankly has been better on the road than at home
0: well and, and too, if you're a fan at this point um that's the most frustrating aspect of this team it's not even the fact that they're um as disappointing as they've been they've been as bad defensively they've gotten as bad as goaltending as they had uh kind of early in the season especially kind of in that that first quarter of the year Uh, when things were really, really rough. Um, The frustrating part is exactly what you said. They can beat anybody. They beat Boston on the road uh, with a gutsy performance, a nice goal from Ryan Ellis in overtime. Uh, But they can also lose to Anaheim at home uh, or on the road, as we've seen now twice. Uh, And and that was really kind of the end of Peter Laviolette, um, that last game in Anaheim, that loss to the Ducks. Um, So in in watching this game tonight, but uh, of course with a podcast, not everyone's going to be listening to this on a Monday, so I don't want to pigeonhole ourselves that are just talking about the Predators and the Maple Leafs, but um, specifically for you, say, tonight and also through this first week, what do you need to see specifically uh, that is different in this team over the first two or three games in order to believe that they have a legitimate shot to make the postseason?
1: Uh, better special teams playing more consistency. Yeah, uh, you know, They've proven. Uh, you know, they can... They can beat the good teams, but they've got to be consistent. uh The game at at Anaheim, which really was the end of Peter Laviolette, the first period was an abomination. I mean, it was just awful. uh And then of course, uh you know the game before the break uh, against Buffalo, you know they they win that game two to one i i I can't get my hands around this team, who they are, what they do. Ryan Johansson's struggles are well documented. He's owned them. Uh, he's also being used in a little bit different way. Uh, he's being used defensively as the shutdown center, which is something he's not used to. So his scoring numbers might not be as great. But if he can be effective defensively, then he becomes a bigger asset.
0: So let's check in halfway through the season. We we talked a lot early in the season and our our first couple episodes of this podcast. Uh, about the impact of Matt Duchesne. Uh, and when things were going really well for this team in the first two or three weeks, you know, we're having the conversation hey, was Duchesne the missing piece all along? You know, is this offense uh, better than it's ever been in Bridgestone Arena uh, and for a, a still young Nashville Predators franchise? Checking in halfway through the season, the conversation has certainly changed. Uh, Matt Duchesne, 10 goals, 21 assists for 31 total points. Uh, he spent a little bit of time injured, but I don't think it's enough to, for us to really use that as a reason why those numbers aren't higher. Uh, is it fair to say that he's been disappointing, or, or would you say he's he's not really negative or positive, just kind of a push? What is your assessment of of the way he's played so far, and were the expectations a bit unreasonable from the fan base and from this management? Um, uh, of him in his first season here in Nashville?
1: Well, apparently not, given the contract they signed him to. And right now he's a 50-point player, and he's got to be a 70-point player. Uh, And he's capable of that. But Duchesne, you know, runs hot and cold. But, you know, you saw early on his speed and his scoring ability in their really good start. But since then, some of that has disappeared. He has not been the, the presence on the power play. That Everybody had hoped, uh, but the season's not over yet,
0: and I remember him saying too, in that I, I think it was re- really the first game Nashville played this year, um, talking to the media, and I know you most of us take anything hockey players, especially say to the media with a grain of salt, but uh, his exact comments were, "I have been so excited, and I have been waiting to play a style like that for so long. Well, that style's gone now, <laughs> Peter Laviolette 's not there anymore that that style is so different. It almost worries me a little bit that, that one of your top players, one of your top money guys, um, comes in to play one style and then halfway through the season or maybe a third through the season, you're throwing that style out the door and you're playing something completely different.
1: Well, I think Matt Duchesne, uh knew coming in that he wasn't going to play for Peter Laviolette forever in all likelihood. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah, I mean, John Hines is not discouraging him. You know, from uh, being offensive. But, yeah, I mean, they needed to be more defensively responsible. I'm talking about the forwards. They always talk about 5-5-5. Five, five, and five. Uh, You play in the defensive zone collectively. You go through the neutral zone together. And you set up in the offensive zone with 5. And that hasn't always been the case. Uh, the Preds have had trouble getting out of their own end. Uh, they've been really erratic about that. They haven't gotten a lot of zone time, not a lot of puck possession, and they've got to be better. And with with, with and the other thing with Hines is, he wants his team to own the middle of the ice.
0: So let, let's talk about the the positive now of of kind of the Nashville Predators right now. And his name is Roman Yossi, ha, has been all season. Uh, and as this team has kind of been inconsistent, it's it's almost uh, unfortunate that Roman Yossi is having the year he's having when everyone else is kind of having the, the, the downturn and the disappointing seasons that they're having. But uh, going into the break, was second in the league for defensemen with 48 points, 12 behind John Carlson, uh, who seems to lead every category right now for defensemen. Uh, second among defensemen with 14 goals. So if the Predators, say they make a run, say they make a postseason, are we talking about a legitimate shot for Roman Yossi to win a Norris Trophy this year? Mm.
1: I think I think Roman Yosi's going to end up going to Vegas. I don't think he's going to win the Norris and he could explode even more in the second half. It's kind of crazy the way they they vote the Norris. Being in Nashville doesn't help him. It sure. still doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. But it's usually the highest scoring defenseman and that's uh, either yeah, it's either John Carlson or Eric
0: Carlson. Yeah, exactly. It, it, his his biggest Uh, detriment is just not having the last name Carlson. If it was Roman Carlson, maybe we'd be uh, be having a different conversation. Um, So we we were talking about this before we uh, turn on the mics in here and and started the podcast, but um, I I know we've discussed a little bit on how John Hines has kind of changed the way defensively this team plays and uh, short term, there's been adjustments and over the bye week, there's been adjustments. Um, But I I guess kind of my final topic, the final question I want to bring to you Uh, as someone who's watched this sport and this team a lot more than I have, um, how much is practical on what you can really change in one season? Because I think those of us in Nashville that um, are more of, um, been to more Titans games than Predators games growing up here and the kind of the football crowd, it's such a foreign concept to change a coach and not even have an interim in the middle of a season in National Hockey League. And the Predators are not the only team that have done this uh, this year, with Vegas being another one uh, who's ahead of the Predators of the standings right now, and they also made uh, a similar kind of change. Um, how much change is practical for one season if you're John Hines, and how much is going to have to wait until an off season where you can install everything over the course of a summer um, and, and really kind of get more of your system in there? But Or how much of that is already done and, and can happen this year for him?
1: I think uh, the most important thing is the buy-in. Uh, if the players have more buy-in than they did with Laviolette, day in and day out, I think uh, they have a chance to catch fire and make a run. That's that's why in hockey, in-season changes work a lot because it because hockey is such an energy and effort sport that sometimes it changes the atmosphere uh, in that regard. It's not so much learning a new system. That's not all that complicated. But in terms of going in night in and night out and producing the same effort to duplicate the effort, that's what's going to get them uh, to the playoffs.
0: So, Mark, uh, it's it's our first podcast of uh, many more coming up over the second half. Uh, of course, we'll be with you uh, every week here, breaking down the second half of the season, an important couple weeks again. I feel like I've said this every episode. I, I really have, but it's been true every time uh, for the National Predators. Uh, our hope is that we're not going to have to come on here and say, well, the Predators are sellers now. These are no longer important weeks, but... We'll be doing mock drafts. Uh, yes, we will be. Uh, some kid
1: at Cornwall or Ottawa.
0: <laughs> breaking down the, the Czech Republic winger that the Predators are looking exactly. at with, with the top ten pick. Hopefully uh, we, we can avoid that. Uh, we will talk to you again next week for episode number eight, breaking down everything uh, Predators and Maple Leafs tonight. Uh, we'll be here to break it down here. As always, this has been episode number seven of the Smash Cats.